the Nerdist School Network. For class and show information, visit NerdistSchool.com. Hey! Do you like teen dramas? Do you like teens? Do you like watching TV shows? If you do, you might like watching The O.C. So give it a try and you can listen to us in podcast form on the Bro C. We talk about flip phones. We talk about tube tops. We talk about things from the early 2000s. We talk about people smooching other people. Ooh, and great, great music. Yep. So hey, listen to us on iTunes or SoundCloud here on the Nerdist School Network. Wes and Darla are puzzle enthusiasts who hit the holy grail of puzzles, Night Sky. It took them 18 months to complete the Night Sky puzzle, and now that it's finished, they can't bear to clear it off their kitchen table. I mean, it's a work of art now. Exactly, exactly. There's so many memories in here. I mean, I mean not just the history of the painting, but the history of... Uh, me and Darla together, making it piece I by piece. I know, I know, over cocoa and popcorn, just every evening, just diving right in and really applying ourselves. Well, our neighbors came over for some charcuterie, and we had nowhere to put it. I know, I So know. we just put it near the puzzle. Yeah. And they, they haven't been back. Now, guys, is this, um, is this hurting your relationship with your friends and your neighbors? Having this puzzle on your table, I mean, it's kind of unsightly. Well, I mean, it's a hobby of ours. Uh, you know, um, we we go over to uh, Frank and Carol's house, and they love to play bocce ball. I mean, we play bocce ball with them. Right. I mean, so we're open to bocce. You've heard the term power couple. We're the puzzle couple. Yeah, we're the, we're the puzzle, puzzle couple, couple. But this particular puzzle, we cannot bring ourselves to clean it up. It was it was really a milestone for us. Now, I took an interior decorating course once in in community college, and I'm just wondering if there's maybe like an, another place in your house you could put the puzzle if it's causing such problems. Well, the kitchen table is traditionally the puzzle hobbyist place to go. I mean, some like the coffee table for a more Japanese style of on the ground intimacy, but mm. for Darla and me, the kitchen table is really where we met as puzzle enthusiasts. Yeah, but darling, I, I, I do have a background in, in, in decoupage. I mean... What, you're just going to decoupage the puzzle together and I then mean, it's not a puzzle it's a poster we're not a poster couple we're not a poster power couple you're right you're right you're right yeah there's that relationship conflict i was looking for wow so so you have a real thing about decoupage huh is that like a problem with you two he doesn't really like things that are very permanent she used to date a decoupageist decoupage dave that was not his name, was it? He liked, well, sometimes. In bed? I didn't say that. Your eyes did. Now, Dave. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually I, prefer the entire decoupage day. Decoupage day? Decoupage day. But you know what? It, it, it mixes up depending on how I'm feeling day to day. Um, I heard uh, through the grapevine that you have been in textual communication with Darla yeah, in recent well, days. You know, when uh, when someone you used to care about has a big old puzzle, and you have a skill that could be very relevant to a big old puzzle, you keep in text, you know? You just, uh, when you care about someone, they don't ever really leave your life, you know? Um, Darla. Yes. Hi. Um, Hi. Wes. 
listen, I um I don't want to be the bearer of bad news here, but I really want some conflict here in this relationship. And um, I talked with Decoupage Dave. You did? Yeah, and it seems How like I'm he? not the only one, Darla, who's been doing that. Normally, I don't take such an active role in my stories, but oh. you two were too happy. I had to make something happen. <laughs> Wes! Oh, no. Wes! No! Not the night sky, Wes! Not the night sky! Is this where I come in, Ari? Yeah, come on in, Dave. Hey. What is he What is he doing here? I have... I have... Your uh, nipples are erect! I have no idea. <laughs> this looks like a job for decoupage. This is American Lie, Mari Grass. Each week we pick a theme, bring a variety of stories on that theme. This week's theme, now that it's on the table. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a little involved this week. <laughs> this week's story in four acts. Act one, two offers on the table. Comedian Craig Lunchlady got his dream job on the long-running nightly sketch show every evening. But in his first week there, he got another offer on a rival show each night. The ensuing bitty war between the two shows would change his life forever. Here's Craig. So when you're a young comedian, uh, getting on a regular sketch show is the dream. Of course, there's there's the Saturday Night Lives and Mad TVs and things like that. But but those are those are pie in the sky, you know, like a, a job where you can write comedy, you can do sketch comedy, and you can be paid for it, and you can do it every night. It's amazing. And when when after years and years of of writing and putting the work in, I got accepted to every evening. It was life-changing. <laughs> I, I, I remember uh, I, I, I just went through my house and, and I yelled to my mom and my dad, who, who I still live with at the time, because, you know, it, it's, it's hard to make money doing comedy. And I said, hey, I'm going to write comedy every evening. <laughs> and uh, they, they thought I was crazy. They were like, well, uh, isn't that what you do already do? Uh... And then the next night, I I got a message from each night. And they were asking me to do comedy. And at first, I thought it was the same show. Because they have very similar names. And I was like, oh, maybe they've changed the name of every evening to each night. And so I, I came down and jumped around again. I said, I'm going to write comedy each night. And my parents said... Wait, you're still doing this? I, I was a little less enthusiastic. Uh, so when I finally showed up on the set of Every Evening, I, I got a very strange call from the producer. Uh, Jeb Bennington, I, I think his name was, of Each Night. Now, Jeb, uh, remind me exactly what you said to me that night, because I did not know that I was supposed to be on set at, at your show. Well, it's a bit of a fraternity we have. Uh, you know, we got the uh, the Harvard guys, and then we have the stand-ups. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, Craig, Craig kind of uh, didn't fit it, didn't fit anywhere. So it was, uh, it was kind, of a, kind of a puzzle piece, how are we going to get him in? Uh, 
I really had to fight for him, you know, because uh, his material was uh, grade A, top-notch, top-notch stuff. And then, then the very first night I was supposed to be on the job, you, I, I didn't even show up. H- how did that? How did that read to you? What did you think? You know, sometimes you got to think out of the box, and sometimes the box is showing up. You know, and uh, when you don't, uh, when you're outside the box, you know, it's like, oh, wow, this guy, this guy gets me. You know. <laughs> So, yeah. uh, again, I really fought for you. I fought for you twice. Uh, wouldn't be the last time. Wasn't the first time. Well, uh, on the phone with you, I, I walked into the, the room of the producer for every evening, uh, Todd Burkle, and, and it, it was like fire and ice were, were just clashing in both directions, both of you guys fighting for me. Todd, so what did you think when my first day I was already courting other TV shows? In fact, I was already technically on them. I knew I had the guy. I knew I had the guy I needed to have. And I, I mean, it was, it was hard because, you know, we had a show to do. We have a show to do every evening. And that's not something that each night really understands, you know. And I knew that you, uh, you were the guy I could rely on. I mean, I, I, I was ready to go to war. I was ready to go to war. Tell me a little bit about what made me such an appealing candidate. Well, you know... You do these bits? <laughs> yeah, I do do bits, don't I? God, it's, it's really hard. You know, it's hard to kind of explain a joke, you know what I mean? But, like, you walked in and you told that bit about your parents. And then you told us about how you told them again. And I was like, this is the kind of, you know, this is what we call a callback. And I, over at uh, each night, I don't think they, I don't even think they do callbacks. I, I, I just, just kind of had it naturally, right? Like, you were like, oh, this guy, he's just got it. But, uh... Uh, so, so what did you think about it? I mean, when you came back to us and you said, look, I could be doing comedy every evening. Uh, and I was saying, well, look, at each night, we are owned by 24-Hour Fitness, who is not 24 hours. And so we don't actually perform each night. We're every other night. But we'll, it's not about quantity. It's about quality, is what I said. Yeah. I think you, you um, if I'm remembering correctly, because this was, this was early on in the whole negotiations, but you... you um, specifically commented on my looks and how I was a good fit for the show because of that, right? I thought coming in with a cape was a bold choice. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like uh, we tell people to just come in, be you, don't try to do too much, and you know what? That's what I'm talking about. Well, you know, it's like I had, I'd liked my morning jacket um, a lot, and the lead singer for that sometimes wears a cape, and I was just like, I I could pull that off better better than he did, right? And and so, yeah, you, you just, you were smitten by the cape. It's funny you mentioned my morning jacket because that bit that you did was the mo- my morning jacket bit. I think, oh yeah, I don't yeah. know if your listeners want to hear it, but oh 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 man, uh, it, it it was just like, hey, that's highly suspicious. Uh, there was more context in the whole thing. That's there's that's so much morning, context. There's a my morning of... jacket song. We had there was a poster going on in the whole thing. I don't know if I can admit this. It's a little embarrassing, but I called um, probably the most famous every evening cast member we had I I called Lisa Stadler to basically convince you to cross over back to us for the a third time I mean we had you mm-hmm. and then you said that you're gonna go over to the other guys and then I you know I, I lost it well and then, and then I mean because I showed up at every evening the first night and it was just like wow this is clicking but then when when he called and said that I was funny and cool and good looking. <laughs> I went over to, you know, each night and then, well, you know, when Lisa Lisa called, she just baked me the greatest cake and she's the, she's a legend. 
she's yeah. a legend around here, and I knew that you know she could. If she couldn't get you, no one could. So after I had gone back and forth a few times, I decided that the only way we could really determine this was if each of them were to write me a little bit of poem of a poem about how wonderful I was, how funny I was, how sweet and and clever and, and my fashion sense. And I said, you know, just do what you will. And uh, I think what came out of that was better than any particular sketch show. Um, now, I think I burned both of the poems afterwards just because I, I you know, they were for me. They weren't for everyone else. But uh, if both of you just remember a, a little snippet of, of what, what you said about me there. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, was, it was along the lines of, I mean, you don't have to go into that one bit. That was pretty explicit. Okay. Well, I was. Just, the, the, <laughs> I think I think we both know so what we're talking about there. Like you're so talented. This show will die without you, and um, you know, I, if it if I had to erase all of Lisa's pictures from the halls of this place, I would. I know it doesn't. Run, I guess like look, I'm I'm a better writer at three in the morning than I am mm -hmm. currently at ten a.m. in my office. Uh, I haven't had my morning, my morning juice. But if you were to come back, you would be my juice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny because like, oh, I like that. Yeah, it's you didn't share his with with me, but our, we both kind of had of a had a breakfasty. Yeah, you both mentioned theme. juice. Yeah, I, I, I was confused well, I, by that. So the first part I had juice, and I was just like, uh, you know, roses are red, mm -hmm. uh, egg, yeah, and then Craig, egg and then Craig. Yeah, that's really good. That was, that was really good, and um, I think both of them just realized that with a last name like Lunch Lady, I like things about food. Hmm. I don't think that's... I don't know if I can do any Lunch Lady. Well, I didn't expect you to rhyme a Lunch Lady, you know? No, I just think, like, a Lunch Lady, I mean, they work really hard. It's like, My grandmother was a Lunch Lady. That's a really horrible job. I'm, I'm sure that somewhere in my family's past they were Lunch Ladies. That's how we got the last name Lunch Lady. <laughs> well, yeah, that's how last names kind of work. Generally, from, from the mother... From grandmother right. to mother is Heather. Yeah. But, like, I know my family, somewhere along the line, had a lunch lady in their family. And it's sort of like, it's well. like working the railroads, you know, like building the railroads. It's kind of offensive. It's a little offensive. So I got a call. Hey there. Uh, Barry Bushman. How's it going? I'm from uh, Consecutive Sundowns. Barry, it's going great. Hey, yeah. uh, I, I seen what you're doing. I like what you're doing. Uh, and I want you on the show. Barry, I've had a lot of suitors coming my way. I had uh, every evening, each night. Oh, jeez. I was compared to juice. Someone mentioned eggs. And you know what I think I've realized? I'm, I'm too good for all of you. Are you including me in that? Yeah, I am, You Barry. haven't given me a chance to buddy your bread up yet. Well... Obviously, I'm down for a little bit of buttering, but it's going to take a lot to convince Craig Lunchlady that the person who deserves his comedy the most isn't Craig Lunchlady. Oh, you're doing like a personal reflection thing right now. I think I am. Ah, crap. All right. Well, if you change your mind or whatever, uh, you know, you can always call me. Maybe I will. 
but I didn't. And now I'm back to being the perfect person that I am. If I was working with a team, it would just bring me down. But I think that Craig Lunchlady, existing on his own as Craig Lunchlady in the Lunchlady family basement, is exactly where Craig Lunchlady wants to be. Every night before bed, I watch the same episode of Perfect Strangers. Up next on This American Lie, it's finally on the table. That's when we turn on This American Lie when our program continues. Please stay with us. This American Lie is brought to you by Second Marriage. So much better than the first. So much better than the first. Oh, man. Second marriage. It's This American Live. Mario Grass. Each week, we pick a theme, bring you right stories on a theme. This week's theme, now that it's on the table. Act two, it's finally on the table. Now, this next story does contain explicit sexual content. So, please, if you have children listening, either turn it up if you're that kind of parent or have them leave the room if you're that kind of parent. Wilma and Todd Rooster met in a cult called The Wave. They dated for 15 years, but were unable to engage in sexual activity because of the celibacy rules of the cult. Until one day they escaped and were finally able to have sex. Here's producer Harwin John Mary with that story. I approached Wilma and Todd in um, their tiny little California cottage, and um, they were very excited. They were excited to be together. They were excited to see me. They, they seemed genuinely happy. Uh, now, Todd, uh, I'd like to ask you, you and Wilma, together for 15 years, and um, never had the opportunity to consummate your relationship um, I mean, what did you do instead? What did you do in replacement for, for such a dire urge? Well, the wave, um, it was kind of an interesting place to be. It was kind of a place where, um, human contact was very much frowned upon, not just sexual contact, but physical contact. So Wilma and I have spent many years in separate kind of booths in the house, but like clear boxes that you could walk around in. And we would just kind of uh, pass messages back and forth. But uh, that's, how our, that's how our relationship grew. That's how we fell in love. And then, you know, it became too much, so we left. And we shed our box form. That's a wave term. First your box, then your cone, then hopefully sphere. But we we were tired of it, so we left, and now now we're full human. Due to just the nature nature of the boxes that we stayed in in the wave. Now I I, I didn't actually see Todd until we'd been dating for what was it, Todd? Was it? I think it was five years, and we finally decided we were gonna. We were going to sneak a peek inside each other's boxes? Yeah, again, uh, so n- nudity is also 
deeply frowned upon in La- the la- way. Layers on layers on layers. Uh, you, you're made to wear several rubber layers of cast bodysuits. Mm-hmm. That's sort of your, uh, to keep your carnal energy in. And then, of course, you go inside the cone. That's inside the cone. Well, the cone, you forget, cone is second, box for, oh. oh you're right, but, but, right. but the cone, it's inside. E- even yeah, though the box is first, right. it's the first. Yeah, no, we both understand the, now. It's there just, just been a, so, it's been a while, you know? I mean, we, we're not those people anymore. I, we are we are sexual maniacs that no longer remember any kind of, you know, past. You know, we, we take new shapes and new positions, you know what I mean? Yes. Boxcar position. Uh, the the lotus uh, position. The jaguar. Oh, the jaguar. Have you ever been in a jaguar? Not the not the car. No, no. In, inside the physical animal, a jaguar. I've uh, never. We no. We went and we we found one uh, that was for sale. Uh, and we have made love on its back. On its back. Um, it is extraordinary. You, f- there's, it's like making love on thunder. It, it, it gets very violent, very unhappy about it. But, uh, you know, when, when you spend a lot of time of your life living in a box, you learn a few tricks. And how to stop jaguars is one of those. I was immediately intimidated, not only by the jaguar just roaming the small California cottage, but also um, the two naked adults standing in front of me. Um, both extremely hairy, very sweaty, odd tattoos, um, just sporadically placed all over their bodies. Is that a star? Is that a sun? Is that a symbol for infinity? I wasn't really sure. Everything was just a little bit off. Um, lots of spoiled fruit just strewn about. Not sure if that was for the jaguar or for sustenance Uh, after... Our sexual guru suggests that a rotting fruit mm-hmm. entices just the right senses to keep you in a in a mood that's more natural than say chemical drugs and our guru has really showed us a lot of things now now he suggested just taking a, a single apple or a banana or something like that and we just decided that one enough us we have strewn our entire living space with with rotten fruit of all all varieties you can see some papayas and plums oh um would you mind if i if i if I sampled, I, ho- some I of hope this you do. Fruit here. I hope you do. Can you I brush your hair? Um, one one step at a time, oh, Todd. That's one right. Step at a time. Oh, mm. how quaint! I never reach out to people. Uh, they usually seek, they seek the truth. You know, um, Wilma and Todd felt confined to a box or a sphere. You know, uh, here we believe more in like hexagons, octagons, pentagons. Wilma and Todd's guru. Um, why stop at three dimensions, you know? Uh, they wanted to know what's next, and so I told them it was four. Um, you know, we're, we're, still working, we're still working through that, but uh, I love what they've done with my teachings. Um, That's wonderful. Now, how exactly, um, when, they, when they wrote your name down, it was just a series of, of drawings here, and mm-hmm. I, I don't want to insult you and, and pronounce your name improperly. How exactly do you pronounce your name here? Uh, <laughs> I, I get this a lot. It's the worst when uh, you get uh, like telemarketers. Yeah. Uh, it's. Mm. Oh. <laughs> so. Mm. Uh, yeah. 
It's close enough. Close it's, enough? It's okay. Fine, yeah. Okay. I'm going to Starbucks <laughs> is a nightmare. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I can only imagine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, great. Well, um, how did they, how did they find you? How did they approach you? Where did you, where did you start? I mean, I can only imagine their life before, you know, when they were with the wave and then escaping and, and, you know, staying together and then, and meet, meeting you and all the dimensions. A lot of gurus and uh, faux religious leaders, they they give you a promise that they can't fulfill, okay? I, I, I told them, uh, you know, that's all bullshit. You want the truth? Um, I, can, I can make you live forever. And that's where we started. So that was step one of many, many steps. After living so much of our life in, in a horrible cult, a horrible cult, uh, we, we, we just knew we had to be careful about who we trusted. And when he said, for no cost, and, and with very little commitment, I can give you infinite life. We said, this is a man we can trust. When you live in a box for a long time, you don't see the possibilities. And then when you're out, you see all the infinite possibilities that are out there. Now, I want you to look at my palms. Okay. Do you see? Yes, I see, I see your palms. Do you see the light coming from them? The heat generated from my sexual, sexual heat. They are very sweaty. Um, Your hair looks God. so soft. Thank you. Thank you very much. I could much. just touch the tip um, of it. So I, I, just, like it. I just want to ask, does Mer, am I mm. saying that right? Mer? Mer, yeah. Mer. Mer. Okay. I think um, it's close enough. Does, does he, um, so he offers his services to you for free? free? Yes. Completely Again. free. Mm-hmm. You know, I know what it might, must look like, you know, two people coming out of one institution, captive and blinded from the world, and then to come out and free themselves from it with his help. I mean, a lot of people can get jealous of that. Yeah. A lot of people yeah. tend to be, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? They, they tend to be uh, judgmental. Yeah, ju- judgmental. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they see what you know, and we have, and uh, they want to take it from us. and They want to tear it down. And you know, tells us uh, the people who want to tear it down, and we, we handle them. Oh, uh, yeah, I, uh, I ran a, uh, a, a program, if you will, called Solomon's Circle um, that, uh, that Wilma and Todd... Uh, were involved in for four years. Um, they did eventually run away from the circle, and I believe they joined the wave. Um, but yes, we uh, we might be seeing a pattern here. <laughs> if you're asking me, this I mean. is uh, heal- healer George. Am I saying that right? It's close Chen? enough. Yeah, Chen? that's pretty close. Uh, but you know, I I I have many methods um, <laughs> to my madness, if you will. Uh, <laughs> Um, and uh, we we get people in here uh, who are just lost and looking for light, and uh, and I you know I don't claim to have all the answers, but <laughs> you know as long as you commune amongst nature, um, live in the trees, and uh, eat only bark, then you're gonna be happy. <laughs> well, you had me up until the bark, so. Um, oh, I'll get you on bark. <laughs> Come join the circle. <laughs> Sounds lovely. Oh. Well, you know I have to. Um, Get back to Wilma and Todd, though. But thank you. Thank you for your time. Oh, come yeah. here. Come here. Mm. 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 
Oh. Okay, let's try it. Let's. Can we? Uh, Am I doing it right? Okay. It's uh, there's there. <laughs> Todd, uh, there's no there's no right or wrong. I just want to get it right. Right, uh, but like I said, there is no right or wrong. Right. So, <clears throat> uh, if you stop stop acting like there's right or wrong, Todd. I'm not acting like there's right or wrong. I just feel like I'm not doing it. Oh, okay. Okay. What I'm hearing is a circular argument, uh, right. which is maybe right. more uh, something you're used to from the past. Well, we we spent a lot of time in trees in in Solomon's Circle. We didn't know we were both in that cult then, but okay. But we okay. we were okay. Um, okay. You know, let's continue tomorrow. Okay. But I'm all greased up. Let's yeah. con- let's let's uh, yeah, let's continue tomorrow. Um, sh- should I get the door? All right, I'm I'm gonna get it. Okay. Hello. Hi. Um, I'm just going around door to door, wondering if you've uh, heard the way of the bird. The Todd. Todd. Just wondering if you'd like to maybe. This man's got a new cult for us. Sorry, what? This man's got a new cult for us. It's hard to walk across a hardwood floor when feet are greased up. What? What can I do for? Hi. Have you heard the word of the bird? The bird's the word. The bird is the word, yeah. Um, so you have heard of it. Uh, well, no, this is the first time I'm hearing the the bird. The bird? Well, um, we're a small collective of people who um uh, can help guide you through life, and uh, I think that we have some pretty fun answers for you if you if you got questions. Well, I mean, we had a bit of a fight today. Maybe it's maybe, time for something maybe new. Maybe it's time. Oh, there's no such thing as fighting amongst the birds. They're they're a peaceful a peaceful species. We can teach you all about it. When we'll grab the grab the bag. Grab the All bag. right, Todd, let's go. All right, what what are we tell him here? Hey, mm, we're gonna. We'll continue tomorrow. We're we're gonna fuck outside. Oh, there's no fucking in the bird cult. That's okay. We kind of got it out of our systems, I think. I was doing it wrong, wasn't I? Yeah. Oh. I'm celibate. But for physical reasons. Up next in This American Lie, finishing the whole table. That's my return to This American Lie. Whenever we're going to continue, please stay with us. This American Lie is brought to you by dogs. They're like children, but if they die, not as bad things happen. This American Lie, Mario Grass, each week we pick a theme. And then we go ahead and bring you a variety of stories on that theme. This week's theme... Now that it's on the table, Act 3, finishing the whole table. Each year, Mama Maria's Pizzeria holds the world's largest pizza contest. Whoever can finish a full 220-inch pepperoni pizza wins $10,000. It's a fiercely competitive field, and this year, producer Pride Greenwich Gomez dived right into the fray, training to try to take the top prize. Here's pride. In an age of fad diets and no carbs, what is the most hardcore, intense thing you can do? Is it more cardio? No. It's eating as much as you can. Since 1979, pride pizza Pride Grandma's Pizza. Mama Maria. 
Mom Maria's pri Pride Pizza. <laughs> Yeah, I, I would say I would say it's fair to say we're, we're pretty proud of our pizza. Yeah, we, we we thought about calling it Pride Pizza for a while, but you know, Mama Maria's had more of a, a, a kick to it. We could uh we could just go with Mama Maria's and Mama Maria's Pride Pizza that started to have a political uh, dent to it. We, we we were okay with that, but uh, we shortened it to Mama Maria's just for uh for business cards and stuff like that. Politics aside, what do you think it takes internally? to compete for the prize of <laughs> Yeah, no, you're getting it. Just, uh, Maria. Keep on working through it. Not, so, it's not hard. It's, um, my assistant, um, so Mama Maria. Mama Maria's Pizzeria. You, you can you can just say Mama. Mama's. I don't know what you're talking about. How long? I'm sorry. How long? What? Just. How, how how long has Mama Maria's Pizzeria been around? Uh, okay. I don't think that's what you asked, but I'm gonna answer it. Um. Uh, I, I guess we've been around almost 30 years now. Uh, we've had a few different <laughs> names, but the, uh, the the pizza eating contest, um, I think it's been running for for 12 years now. And politics aside, what do you think it takes for someone of my stature? Okay. And for the record, uh, I'm 5'10 and 140 pounds. If I were to compete and eat the entire pizza and and I was, I was to take the crown of my... Yeah, no, it, it, it's okay. We all know what you're talking about now. Man, this uh, this, this guy's got some issues. I've been competing in the pizza eating contest for the last eight years. My name is S Skippy uh, Skippy Montgomery, and um, I'm nine years old, and. Uh, I'm pretty confident that you're definitely not gonna win because I've been doing this for for my whole life. Well, that's funny that you say that. But what would what would make you think think that I couldn't do it by looking at me? I don't know because I've never seen you before. I don't know like your technique. I don't know how even if you like pizza, like you don't look like a guy who likes pizza. Okay. I, and I I'm, love pizza. I'm sorry. I'll be done with him in one second. Uh, just uh, so, how long have you been going to Gardner Street Elementary School? I feel like it's, it's just we're in the middle of we're in the middle of mathematics. It's it will only be a couple minutes. Dad, get, what could you possibly learn? Well, my Dad. son and student Skippy here needs to. Yeah, I'm uh, homeschooled. What of it? Look, I, I homeschool him at the at the elementary school just because I want to socialize him. I, look, I, I was I, not making a judgment. I'm look, sorry. I, I'm gonna be the best competitive eater, okay? Ever, ever. All right. Those words echoed in my head. I couldn't sleep that night. I'm a grown male. What does it mean to my ego if I get beaten by a child? There are legendary rivalries. Even Drago, Rocky Balboa, Knicks. I was prepared to take this head, head on. I'd need a trainer. Well, yeah, I, uh... 
I won the contest three years in a row in the early 1980s, and uh, I think I could give you what I give you what I got. I feel almost silly asking you to help me beat a child at something that I should. Is it silly that I'm doing that? I'm, does this ever happen? Wait, you're gonna beat it? You're gonna beat up a child? No, no, <laughs> no. I beat. No, don't I, beat children. Come on, man. I wasn't saying that. I, I was saying I wanted to defeat. Defeat, defeat oh, the in child. the contest, right. I in forgot the contest. I want to win. Yeah, well... Uh, but this must happen all the time. It does, you know. There's all walks of life to join this contest, okay? Kids love pizza. I can tell you that right right now, you know? Kids love freaking pizza. <laughs> and, uh, I, you know, I beat three children. Uh, and then I also won the contest against a few. I'm so- this was the early 80s. Okay. I, th- I think... I may have misheard you, but you said you you defeated three children and then you won three contests. I believe I I believe there were some children in the contest. I'm not technically allowed to talk about the first thing. Um, it's just a whole thing. I'm not proud of it. But yes, I there were children in the contest when I won, and uh, sometimes you gotta just knock over a few little little ladders in order to climb up the big one. You know what I mean? So there we started. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, every day training. I'm going to start you off easy with a calzone, okay? Eat half of it. Go. Okay. Clock's ticking. It's sick. It's ticking. Hold. Okay, and done. You got you got a quarter of the way through. That's shit. That's shit, kid. Okay. You were trying to win this or are you trying to lose it? I, I, I want to win. I want to win. Well, then eat the whole freaking calzone. Ready? We're going again. Round two. Ding. Clock's ticking, buddy. Come on, pride. (laughs) Let's open the mouth a little more. And every day it was like that. And then more. And then one calzone. And then two calzones. And then two and a half calzones. Two and three quarters calzones. Three calzones. It just kept going. All right, kid. You think you're ready? Think you're ready to go pizza? Huh? The toppings are on the top. It's hot up there. All right? You're not going to have crust shielding the roof of your mouth this time. I started realizing that uh, I never had someone pay that much attention to me before. uh, I didn't want to disappoint my, my coach. I never did well in sports. So this started to mean something more. So I talked to a couple of professional athletes to ask them about their inspiration. First, I talked talk to, uh, to LeBron James. <laughs> yeah, sorry, we, we can't let you in to see LeBron James. He's, uh, he's, he's, he's very busy. Okay. Uh, uh, you no, were saying there's a pizza eating contest? Right. Is it is he busy because the game is on? Yes. Right now. Yeah. No. He, and and when the game is not on, he's he's not going to be more available for a stranger who's who's showing up okay. to talk about eating pizza. Okay. But you will ask him though. Nope. I, I probably will not. Mr. James uh, d- does not take a, a strange requests from from people who just wander into his games. Dead end after dead end. Derek Jeter. No. Cecil Fielder. Closed door. Eventually, uh, I hit the jackpot. Why would I help you? I'm competing against you. That's precisely the point. 
You want me to give you motivation so you could beat me? What are you, what are you, crazy? This just might work. Sorry, we're in the middle of a ceramics lesson, okay? It's, it will just be two minutes of his time. Dad, I don't need ceramics. Oh, you don't need ceramics? No. You don't think you need ceramics? I use ceramics every day. I wanted to hear more about his dad's ceramics. No, 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 no. Get out of here, you such a weird guy. Wait, are you interested in ceramics? No. I, I mean, I just. I can tell you a few things. No. I was trying to find inspiration anywhere I could. Eventually, it came from the place you least expect. Yeah, so I, I guess I, I had put up the Hang In There Kitty poster a while back, and uh, and I didn't really expect it to be that inspirational. But uh, but when you came to me and, and said how much it meant to you, it was just like, wow. I mean, normally, you know, a, a dentist doesn't doesn't get to inspire people every day, but uh, but I'm glad I was able to help. Uh-huh. Uh. Man, you uh, eat a lot of pizza, don't you? Uh-huh. There are red stains on all your teeth. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Hmm. You might want to cut back on that. The the acidity of the sauce is uh is starting to break down the enamel a little bit. Game day. I brought my game face, and my A game, and my not lose face, and my win game. All right, I'm gonna bring out the pizzas now. Uh, remember, these are 220 inch pizzas. That is a total of uh. 38,000 square inches of pizza. So so I expect each of you to eat as much as you can. And if you don't make it, you have to pay for the pizza. And otherwise, I'll give you $10,000. You got this, kid, okay? You can do it. I believe in you. This is so much more than we anticipated. We didn't, we didn't ever ask how much we'd have to eat. I trained you for 100, but you can do 220. You can do 220. In the 80s, it was only 100. Why did it change? Because people got fatter. This is the world we live in. Now go get them. Now, back in the day, the pizza used to be only 7,800 square inches of pizza. But now it is uh, over ten times that. Oh, this is so boring. I just want to eat the pizza. Let's go already. I don't need math, Dad. And, gentlemen, start your pizza eating. Pizza! There was no way I could win. He was just a machine. Magnus Carlsen, international fam- chess player, chess champion, prodigy at age nine. This guy, this guy was the Magnus Carlsen of pizza eating. <laughs> This man's going into pizza shock. I'm I'm a boy. And there you have it. A grown man, defeated by a child, now deceased. In some ways, I feel like this whole thing should have not happened. In other ways, I feel like we've all kind of gained something. My coach, while he was alive, inspired me more than anyone else. And LeBron James continues to play basketball. And there you have it. If you're ever at uh, Ma, yep. it's it's okay. People remember the name of the place. 
They can Google it. I'm sure it's in the description I, of the episode. Just here, uh, just one, uh, just say it once and then. Yeah, we're, we're all pretty busy it's, now. It's, I'll get it. It's, it's Mama Maria Pizza. Okay. Mama Maria Pizza. You don't have to say it twice. I got it. Okay, Mama Maria Pizza. Pat. I'm not waiting for you to say it. I, I, I got pizzas to make. I recently found out that they've put pizza on a bagel. Which is good for me because now I can eat it any time. Up next on This American Lie, getting it off the table. That's when our program continues on This American Lie. Please stay with us. This American Lie is brought to you by having sons instead of daughters because they're not the ones that can get pregnant. Sons. It's this American Lion, Mario Grouse. Each week we pick a theme, we bring you stories on that theme. This week's theme, now that it's on the table, our fourth and final act, getting it off the table. The Table of Dimitri is a priceless sculpture at the Musée de Frey in Montreal, Canada. And in June of 1993, that table was defaced, causing mass hysteria and mayhem across the city of Montreal. Now, until this day, authorities had no clue who defaced that sculpture. But Sutherland Poots, our producer, presents us with some footage that may prove who did the crime. Here's Sutherland Poots. I'm currently in an evidence locker. I'm sitting next to Sergeant Applecore. The vandalism of the table of Dimitri was a mystery to everyone who investigated it. A week ago, some closed caption film plus an eyewitness's audio recording at the scene has spliced together quite an interesting development in the case. Originally, authorities believed that the vandalism was committed by local hoodlums or teenagers who were just upset at the sculpture's more masculine visage. But if this evidence proves to be true, this might be a vandalism from the art community itself. Sergeant Applecourt, um... How did you obtain all of this footage and the cell phone when you came in, when you put it together? Was it, um, did you think it was a break in the case? Uh, well, <coughs> most of this stuff was, uh, was, was just through standard evidence collection, and some of it actually had been sitting in our evidence vault for uh, quite some time. But due to some bad procedures on the part of the the police department before uh before i, I joined became a sergeant apple corps have always been very very fastidious people now sergeant i just i have to do this for the program but for the listeners at home the sergeant looks like a great uh great dane well that's that's hurtful <laughs> I've always thought... They're noble creatures. 
they're noble well, creatures. Right, but but like you're, you you look dogs. like a great. You're, well, they're like big and tough. You look like tough. a dog. Like that's. I have three dogs, and I love all of them. You have a great Dane. Yes. You're lying. Yes. I I was caught in a lie, but I do have three dogs, and I do love them, and I don't find it offensive. But you know. All right. Well, I usually think, we do these I afterwards. Think that you should. I think that you should just choose your words a little more wisely around people you don't know very well. Fine. Um, Sergeant Applecourt... Wait, can you pause it? I gotta get an accurate description of you. Sergeant Applecourt looks like a very intelligent and lovable Great Dane. Okay, okay. hit the tape. <laughs> you still threw... Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So, um, is, this the, is the audio on? Uh, yeah. Yeah, let me get it on. Okay. So these are... These are employees from the museum. What is this shit? What is what the fuck is this doing over here? Why don't they take it? Oh, I don't, it's so ugly. Let's take it anyway. We should just fuck it up a little bit, yeah? But I want to take it. You want to fuck it up? Okay, let's fuck it up. Right? I have... Like paint thinner or... I have paint thinner. Yeah? I have paint thinner. Oh, maybe that's not enough. Look how ugly it is. It's so... So, like, huh, look at me, I'm a man. Okay, can you pause it real quick, yeah, Sergeant? Sure. Okay, so for, for our listeners at home, mm -hmm. what we're watching is two, what looks to be two employees based on the, the security badges on the on the waist of both of them. Yep, and, and the clear the clear face shots of both of them. Right, now there's a woman who looks like a very, very well put together giraffe, and there's a guy who looks like a yeah. goldfish who's just kind of following her around. I, ju I just don't think... <laughs> That it's fair to describe either either of them as that. Uh, she might have a slightly long neck, but she's like not, a giraffe. She's not here to defend herself at the moment. But I need to give accurate descriptions of these people. Well, I think this that, is that that is harsh. At best. <coughs> well, I said that she was a well put together giraffe. Yes, but giraffes are, are known for having strangely long necks. And okay, uh, let's get to the tape. Is it Is it in your car? Or? Where is it? Do we have to go get it? I it's, mean, there's people all over the place. Look, hey, I bring it. I bring it. Will, will you finally, will you finally go go with me out? Don't look at me with your stupid fish eyes. Oh, I've told sweetie, you. Look, it's a table. <clears throat> oh, this looks nice. Please just don't touch it. It's uh, an artifact. Please. Please. Okay, can Be I take nice a photo though? No, three feet. Three feet. Three feet. Three feet. Three feet. Three feet. Now, what is that? You must you must be three feet away. Away. Oh, okay. from the table. Now I thought they spoke English here, but I would do speak English. Hit the tape. Hit the tape real quick, right. Sergeant. No flash. Uh, I I just want to <laughs> say now that even if you think that woman looks something like a a, a porcupine or something like that, I, I think it would be a, a kinder way. There are kinder ways to describe. People. Okay. Well, first of all, the audience has no idea what we're talking about. In the video, a third person enters. Yeah. That person is Quentin Frederick. Yep. Now, he was the lead suspect for this whole thing until, you know, there was no evidence to pin it on him. Now, you might remember Frederick's face initially from the first crime scene. He looks like a lobster, but if the tail was the right. front. I, I'm, I'm, but I'm he was acquitted. The, the way that he you, was, you he was, your department released him, didn't they? Uh, we, we did release him. You could say you released him back into the water. <laughs> no, no, I... I, w I wouldn't say that. There he's was a, no catch human, that day. He's a human being, not a lobster of any sort. And uh, I'm saying, I'm saying he looks like a lobster, but and, with the tail was the top. You've continued with 
You, the tail is the top, so you're okay. Hit the tail. Like you know, I think that guy was around for a long enough time. You know, he maybe, maybe we could bring him back. Make it look like him. Yeah. I have one step ahead of you. Really? Yeah. Look in this. <gasps> oh my god! What are you gonna do with these gummy bears? I love gummy bears. When they get wet, they get so slippery. <laughs> I got a slushy from the from the, uh, the Excuse gift me. shop or whatever. Excuse me, what's up? Yeah. No beverages. No open beverages near the artifacts. The, art the artifacts. The, the artifacts. Where you are here in the museum? Yes. You heard the lady, honey. We we probably shouldn't be so near the artifacts. The artifacts. Sweetie, I just, you know, I I lost my treats and I wanted to try and well, find them. And well, I okay, well, cut the tape. Okay. All right. Now, this part of the tape is what is most crucial because you hear the two employees admit to possibly having a plan to deface the table of Dimitri. Now, yeah, well, you also see them. Yeah. All right. Go on. No, continue. You also see them. I mean, did I miss something? You, you, you say it's critical, but they've actually already gone into <clears throat> the fact that they're going to put paint thinner right. and deface it and stuff like that. Now, the woman that just entered. Oh, God. Quentin's wife. Yes. She was important to this case as well because she actually ratted her husband out, which is shocking because she, for our audience at home, is one of the most beautiful people I have ever met. Well, not met, but seen in my life. She is so unbelievable. She looks like oh. a walking piece of art. Uh, all right. Okay. She's the one that you decide looks like a walking piece of art. What am I? Yeah. I what? mean, there, there's obvious ones. She's got hamster cheeks. Okay, hold on a second, Sergeant. What? Where? Okay, okay. I do not. I, okay. You, you, this you, whole you thing You saw has that been... other man looking like a lobster. You called me a Great Dane. Uh, you said, I called you an intelligent Great Dane. Uh, you know, Loyal creatures. That, that is entirely beyond the point. And this woman walks in with, with cheeks that could hold, hold a kilo of wood chips, and and you do not think she looks like a hamster. Look, I didn't want to do this, but I'm gonna have to report you. I'm gonna have to file a report to your supervisor. For, for I'm gonna, what? The, what? The, <laughs> hit the tape. Oh my God, these stupid, these stupid tourists. Anyway, so, um, the gamma bears, the, uh, the, uh, they are the They are wet. Yeah, so sticky. S and slippery. Yes. So you want to dip them in the pet center or what? Obviously. Oh, jeez. Okay. <sighs> She's crying again. Uh, <laughs> don't cry too, sweetie. This is not helpful when you cry we so every time Lorraine cries. When Lorraine cries, we should take care of her. Oh, for God's sake. It's just she's sad. That makes me sad. All babies need to be supervised, please. All babies supervised. Babies? Correct, yes, any baby um, <coughs> must be supervised, so she's obviously not, she's very unhappy, she's crying. So. Look, look, in the, enough. Cut the tape, cut the tape. Right yeah. there, did you see it? For our audience, what? the, the goldfish, oh as this was going down, the goldfish guy, the really dependent goldfish guy, <sighs> starts slipping the wet gummy bears underneath the table of Dimitri. Again, if you're not um, up on modern art, or actually classical art for that matter, the table of Dimitri, is an elegant table made of marble that sort of looks like if a, like a stingray had four stingrays 
but was like a human table. What 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 the fuck is wrong with you? It, it it's it's a table. No, but it's like a stingray. It, it it's not. It's square. It's it's nothing like a stingray. No, but it's a little more diamond shaped, like a stingray. I, I and mean, then if you it, turned ha- it, if it on had its, four stingrays. If you turned it on its side, and but changed then looked the like a human maybe. table. What, what, what I, is wrong? I, I I'm not I the crazy one here. You, you are you are the crazy I'm one here. I'm not the crazy one here. Anyways, this evidence is it submissible? Is it going to catch the culprits of the vandalism? Well, not only do we have them on tape admitting that they are planning to deface the table, we also have them actively defacing the table. So, um, yeah. Yeah, no, this, this is definitely admissible. I just don't care. I Look look at me. This is my face. I'm, I'm just... Fuck this thing, you know? It's like, so ugly, right, there. I mean, come on. We wanted to be true artists, and here we are being security guards for this ugly piece of shit. Yes? The tables have turned. Precisely. <laughs> Very good, Pierre. Now, You're not uh, so I bad. Actually, I, I can't let you listen to the next part here because they do list their names and addresses and social security numbers, which, was, uh, which I think is going to be the final nail on the coffin of this case. That's fine. I mean... I don't need their... For this story, we just need, you know, it, it's more dr- dramatic if we just get the admission and to the audience at home. I mean, we stopped it right at that frame where giraffe and her hoof are above the table and hoof. fish is kind of making that cheeky thing. And, and then the tape cuts out a uh, short seconds after that. Well, it was great to see that justice does have a nose for truth. It has a companion. I don't look in the like a great system. Dane. You I don't look like do. a great Dane. You look no, exactly like a great Dane. I don't look anything. All right, I look like a great Dane. You look like a great Dane. You're right. I look like a vampire bat, and it's fine. For our listeners, I look exactly like a vampire bat. Many. Many people have told me that I look like when a fly lands on food. Just kind of rubs its arms together. That's it for This American Lie. Thank you so much for listening. This American Lie is produced by Craig Lunchlady, Harwin John Mary, Pride Greenwich Gomez, Sutherland Poots, Brian Flynn, Robin Capistan, Jordan Fridge, and Janelle Banish, Michael Gordon, myself, Ari Grass, and of course, Big Boss Man, Mr. Troy Mattia, who... Uh, stood in a long line only to find out that they were out of sandwiches. No, you can't come into Mr. LeBron's trailer. Or Mr. James. God damn it, now you've got me all messed up. It's LeBron James. And then you just say LeBron James. LeBron. Le- 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 Not that hard. Le- Stay tuned every month for more episodes of This American Lie. <laughs>